Um, that's, a, that's a lot to deal with. So uh, he's not here tonight, uh, so I get the privilege uh, and the honor to be able to share a message with you guys. Uh, uh, just a, a few warnings. I'm used to speaking to teenagers, so you'll probably get out on time tonight. Um, and because uh, they can only pay attention for so long, you know, you can't go too long with that. Um, and uh, I, I really am excited about what I'm talking about tonight. I feel like um, I feel like this is one of those messages that just like, you know, sometimes you like rack your brain trying to think about what you're going to talk about. And uh, I was processing that and everything. And I feel like this is something that um, was very strong in my heart to speak of. And uh, I did share a little bit of a devotional in our staff meeting uh, about this. And that's kind of where the idea of this started and the, the heart behind this started. Um, but uh, I also wanted to, you know, like when you've been doing sermons for a while, you could just reach back like three years and pull a sermon out and nobody would know the difference, right? So, but this is a fresh one, I promise. <laughs> so uh, also, I have a little bit of a, I had a cold like two weeks ago and I have this cough that like won't go away. So if I have to drink water, sorry, but deal with it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> So, um, tonight I want to talk about the power of the tongue, uh, the words that we say, the, uh, the, the, the goodness that could come out of that, the evil that could come out of it. Um, there's a lot of different things that the Bible says about the tongue, um, and very, very powerful words, too. It's not, they don't speak lightly of it um, in the scriptures. Um, so, you know, the things that we say may have more of an effect on other people than we truly understand that they have. The, the words that we say, and, and I would even say the actions with that, but, but specifically the things that we speak, there's power behind those words. There's power behind the things that you say to people, uh, whether they're good things, whether they're bad things. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the mood that you're in can change the, the things that are coming out of your mouth. You know, if somebody cut you off, you're probably not going to speak life to that person. You know, <laughs> you know it, it just depends on, on the situation. There's a lot of stuff that can play into the choice of words that you choose to, to speak to somebody else, um, and even as speaking over yourself as well. Um, there's some powerful mind games that you can play with yourself. There's some serious talk that you can have going on in your head that is discouraging, that, that um, you know, really can, it can cause you to be in a bad place. Um, so understand that, that words have power. The tongue has power. Um, you know, have you ever wished that you could take something back that you said, like, right after you said it? Like, you wish there's a rewind button, you just suck the words back in, um, you know? Um, you know, or sometimes, like, as I'm speaking something, like, as the words are coming out of my mouth, I'm like, I shouldn't be saying this right now, and there's no turning back, you know? Uh, it's already coming out. Um, you know, we could say a lot of things that probably uh, could have been worded differently or maybe even left unsaid at all, right? We can find ourselves in these situations. Our words can have a very harmful effect on those around us. Um, and especially those close to us. You know, when you really know somebody, you know the specific words that you need to say to really, like, get under their skin and really bother them, right? And, and it turns around the other way, too. Um, somebody who I don't know at all can say something to me and say, hey, you know, maybe you should not do that anymore. But if my wife says it to me, oh, man, that, that bugs me, you know? Like, I don't know what it is. Like, she says the exact same thing somebody else would. But, but for some reason, because she's close to me, I feel like it hurts me. Some, you know, I don't know. There's probably some pride issues there or whatever. I'm praying about it, okay? So um, whatever that is, you know, words can be harmful. Uh, or have you said something that to someone that changed the outcome of the, what they were trying to accomplish? Have you ever said something, you know, encouraging? Sometimes an encouraging word can make a difference between, you know, somebody winning or losing or accomplishing what they're seeking after or, or not accomplishing it. An encouraging word is very powerful, right? You know, we've all seen those uh, sports movies 
that all have the same storyline. They're just different people in them, right? They're all the same. Um, you know, there's a team of misfits that no one thought could make it, but somehow by the grace of God and a well-filmed training montage, uh, they make it to the championship only to start getting crushed by the other team, right? And then something happens. During halftime, the coach or maybe some kid that nobody ever listened to before comes up and gives this speech that is like the best speech that anyone's ever heard in their life. And somehow, by that speech, the players have unnatural strength and confidence, and they go out and win the game, right? It's like, you know, we've seen that happen before in movies, but, you know, really, in real life, you know, if you have encouraging words for somebody, you could push somebody to greatness through encouraging words, right? You can put, build somebody up, and in the same way, you could tear somebody down. You know, we, we have a lot of different things uh, that we can speak to people, and, and every word that we have is a choice. Every word that we have is chosen to be spoken by us. You know, there's never a situation where you say something to somebody and then they get mad at you and you're like, oh, well, that wasn't me. I didn't mean to speak that. Like, <laughs> you chose to spoke that word, right? So, uh, you know, another thing I think of is, you know, have you ever been listening to somebody talk about something uh, for what feels like an eternity? Uh, and then when they finally get done talking, you think, I have no idea what you just said or what was the point of that? You know, you just listen to it forever and ever and, and you kind of zone out a little bit and you come back and you're like, wait, somebody's talking to me. That definitely does not happen between me and Liz, but I'm just saying some people it happens to. Um, but, you know, I think about some things or like, I think like, man, I could have said that in one sentence and somehow you masterfully crafted this story that took 30 minutes, you know, like whatever. But, uh, you know, I think about like, you know, maybe there's some times where uh, we say things and, and maybe there's not a positive effect or a negative effect. Is that really beneficial? I don't know, you know, um, but I do know that every word that we has, have it, Every word that we speak is a choice. Um, all in all, words are a powerful thing. They're a very powerful thing. And, and that's the biggest thing that I, I want to uh, point to is, is that there's power in the tongue, right? The power of the tongue. Words are very powerful, and we should use them wisely because of that. God created us, and, and he created this entire world by speaking. He spoke in things into existence, and in the same way that we were created in his likeness, we have power in our tongue. There's power in there. Uh, um, all, words are a powerful thing and should not be taken lightly. Uh, Proverbs chapter 18, 21 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So that goes to, to reinforce what I was saying earlier, is that it, it's interesting to me that there's, there's power, but it's not like only bad or only good. It's not like uh, an evil thing or a good thing. Um, you know, there's power for both directions. You can speak life to somebody or you could speak death to somebody. There's life and death are in the power of the tongue. Um, there are also times when we should not waste our words, you know, like I was saying before, and in times when, when we should stand up and say something. Uh, this one kind of confused me the first time I read through it, but Proverbs chapter 26, verse 4 and 5 um, it seems like they're saying the same thing backwards in the two different verses, but it says this anyways. Um, Don't answer the, the foolish arguments of a fool, or you will become as foolish as they are, right? Because if somebody really truly is foolish and they're trying to argue with you, there's no change in their mind anyways, right? So by you arguing with them, trying to make a point that's never going to change, you become looking like a fool uh, in that way. But then it goes on to say, be sure to answer the foolish arguments of a fool, or they will become wise in their own estimation, and in that situation, um, sometimes 
you know, if you just let a fool talk and talk and talk, and if somebody is speaking things that are false or somebody's think, speaking things that are foolish, um, if nobody says anything about that, they're going to go on thinking that they're right. You know, they're going to get a, a bigger ego. They're going to get prideful. They're going to think that they're wise in their own estimation. Um, so I think that there are also, oops, I don't know if that was me or whatever, but um, I think there are also situations where it's necessary for us to speak up as Christians, especially in, in the time that we live in now. I mean, it seems like according to the media, according to, you know, all of these different areas where we get information from, social media, um, it seems like we live in a place where everybody's allowed to have their own opinion unless you think differently than them. And it seems like it's totally biased against Christians, right? You know, uh, I can believe in this agenda. I can believe in the homosexual agenda or whatever. And I think that, uh, you know, gender is fluid or what, you know, all these different things that, that come up, right? And they're saying, like, you should let me believe in what I want because this is what I feel, so it must be right. Well, I'm on the other side where I'm saying, I feel like that's wrong, so I must be right. But then they're like, no, you don't, you can't see the way we see it, right? You're, you're not open to thinking the way that we think, right? So honestly, I think that we live in a place where, where it's important to, to be able to stand up. Like, I know there's consequences sometimes when you have an opinion that's different than people around you, but I think it's important for us to be able to speak truth when we see something that needs to be spoken about, right? Um, so further talk about uh, the tongue. James makes a, a point in the book of James uh, that the tongue is a powerful thing that has a, and, and he actually describes it as having a bent towards evil, uh, and he also says that it's very hard to tame. Um, in James chapter 3, uh, it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, uh, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach should be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Like, that's pretty crazy to me. Like, saying literally every other way that you could control yourself. If you can control your tongue, you can control yourself in any other way. Which tells me that the tongue is the hardest thing for you to tame in your body. Like, uh, out, of, out of temptation, out of all these other things that we face. He says, if you could control your tongue, you would be perfect. And could also control yourself in any other way, every other way. Uh, verse 3, it goes on to say, we can make a large horse go wherever we want to by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Now, if you think about that, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory there, but like, think about large ships or a horse or anything. All of that is controlled by um, a small bit in the horse's mouth or, or you know, the, the illustration of the ship is huge, you know? I mean, a big, huge ship can be turned by such a small rudder at the back of the ship. And in that same way, our tongue can make grand speeches, like it says. And, and the words that we use can change the direction of our lives. It can change the direction of somebody else's life. We really have to understand that our words have power. Sometimes I don't think we realize how much power it has. The choice of a word could change the direction of, of a conversation, right? And, and, and even the tone, right? Because you can control different tones and stuff like that. The tone at which you say something can change the direction of a conversation as well. That's one of the reasons I, like, sometimes I don't like having conversations over text message because you can't really hear the tone. And I think sometimes the way that I type um, makes it seem like I'm mad all the time. And I have to be really careful. I have to read this and say, okay, I have to make sure I don't sound mad. Like, because I'm not, right? But you can't portray tone over a text message. So, um, but tone is very important, right? And it can control that stuff. So, um, 
So think of that. You know, what are the words that you are speaking, um, and how is that controlling the direction that you're going? It says, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And we, we know that's true here in Colorado. Um, and among the many parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Like, that's some pretty powerful wording right there. Like, saying that your tongue is set on fire by hell itself? That makes me not want to say anything because I'm afraid I'm going to, you know, say something wrong, right? I'm like, I need to control this, right? Because you know how fast a fire can break out. You know how fast it can spread. You know how fast it can get out of control. And if you cannot tame your tongue, you're going to be spreading wildfire. It says it's set on fire by hell itself. Like, that always blew my mind to think that something that, you know, a part of us that God created. Like, I know this is because of the, the fall, and, and we have sin in this world and corruption and all that kind of stuff because of the fall of man, because we chose to sin, because we live in a broken world. I understand that. But we, it has just always been crazy to me that it's described as being set on fire by hell itself. Uh, verse 7, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Man, I don't know if you guys have ever been in that boat before, but man, there have been times before where, I don't know, maybe even like right after you get out of church, you know, if you're driving down the road and somebody does something to you, and, and immediately I could feel anger welling up inside of me, you know, somebody's driving too slow, or like, uh, you know, they're, they're cutting me off, or like whatever it is, like, I mean, this doesn't happen all the time, but, and I've really had to work on this because I, I've recognized that this isn't great, but, but I can use my words to worship God in the, same, in the same day, in the same hour, I can turn around and use those same words to, to condemn somebody, right? To, to say something evil about, to, to spread fire, right? And, and it's, it's crazy, you know? Um, verse 10, and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble up with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or grapevine produce figs? No, you cannot draw fresh water from a salty spring. So this leads us into something bigger, is that our true nature is, is what should determine what comes out of our mouth, right? So it's saying like a fig tree cannot produce grapes, right? Um, and we have to understand that if, if we are one thing, we cannot produce another thing. There is a direct relationship, and this is probably the most powerful thing when it comes to all this stuff. There's a direct relationship between the things that are in our heart, the things that we say, and the way people are influenced by us, or the outcome, which is your actions, right? So the things that are in your heart, the things that you say, and then your actions, like the, the influence that you have with other people. So in the book of Matthew, Jesus heals a demon-possessed man who is both blind and could not speak, and the Pharisees were mad at Jesus at this point, right? And uh, so, so they came to the conclusion that Jesus was able to do this because he was getting power from Satan, the prince of demons, right? And so they're saying uh, Jesus is just, you know, which is silly. And Jesus brings up some of this stuff. Like, it's silly to think that because Jesus is saying, by your argument, then the people who you have that cast out demons are also doing it by the power of Satan, right? So, like, their argument is, is illegitimate. So, Anyways, but, but Jesus responds with a few things, and then he comes to this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. He says, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, 
its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. So that's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, even us, you know, we can tell a tree by what it produces. Even if it doesn't produce fruit, we can see by the type of leaves that it has, the type of bark that it is. Like, we know that this is this type of tree because of what it is, right? Because of the, the things it produces, right? Um, you brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. This goes back to the saying of like, Every word we have is a choice. We have to understand that there are consequences to the words that we speak, right? They can be good, they can be bad. But we have to understand that every word we have is a choice. Jesus is making the point here that um, it's not possible for someone who is evil to speak something that is good and right. And, and, and that is because in their true nature, you cannot produce something that you're not, right? The Pharisees, he could see that they have an evil heart, and he is explaining to them, like, how can you, you know, in, in, in who you are and in, in the heart that you have, how can you speak what is good and right? How can you tell me that I'm doing this the wrong way, that I'm doing this out of the power of Satan, right? Um, and, and in that same way, we have to really watch what's in our heart. There's another version, I think it's the NIV, that says, um, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, I really like this this version in that, in that sentence, because it really helps explain to me, this is always the way I've pictured this verse is, um, you know, if you imagine your heart as a pitcher of water or a bowl or something like that, a vessel, okay? And uh, whatever you put into that bowl is what is in your heart, right? So if you put good in there, you're going to put, you know, pure, clean water in there or whatever. If you're pouring that in there, it's going to start filling up with that clean water. But if you're putting filth in there as well, you're in your heart, you're going to be pouring in that dirty water and it's all going to get mixed together. It's all going to get um, combined, and, and you're continually pouring and pouring stuff into this bowl, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's neutral, whatever it is, but eventually, like, that bowl is overflowing, right, all the time. The more that you put in it, it's just going to overflow out and spill around you, right? And, like, I don't know if you guys have ever spilled something. I mean, I'm sure you have, but, but, like, if you tip over a glass of water or something on the table, uh, man, it gets everywhere. It affects the people around you, right? Like, um, if you've got people that are close to you and you're overflowing, uh, it's going to affect the people around you. People around you are going to, you know, um, see the things that are in your heart because they're coming out of you, right? So you cannot put evil into your heart and expect only good things to overflow out of your heart. Because if there's any bit of evil in your heart, people are going to be able to see you for what you are because what is in your heart is what you speak. Who you are is what you will produce in your life. So you really have to be careful about what you put into your heart. Are you allowing gossip to get in your heart? Are you allowing lies to get in your heart? Are you, you know, I was talking about the to, to the teenagers about this. Are you watching movies you shouldn't watch? Are you listening to music that you shouldn't listen to? Are you letting things influence you in a way that you shouldn't be influenced? Because as much as you want to say that you go to church and you believe in Jesus, if you're putting garbage into your life, you're going to get garbage out of your life. And people around you are going to see that. And if people are seeing garbage come out of your life and you're saying that you're a Christian, that does not put a very good word into Jesus. That does not make a good witness as to, to what the church really is and, and who Christ really wants you to be, right? I mean, like, 
if I was unsaved and, and I had a friend who was a Christian and they were watching the same stuff I was watching and they were uh, drinking the things I was drinking, like, you know, whatever categories you want to put on that, I would say, well, you know, obviously it's not that big of a deal to be a Christian. You know, why, why would I go to church if it's full of a bunch of people that, you know, don't do what they say they should do, you know? So we have to think about these things. Um, there is a direct relationship between the things that are in our heart, the things that we say, and the way people are influenced by us. Um, so, you know, while we can look at um, this in one light and say, you know, we need to be careful of not letting evil into our heart so that others will not be influenced by that evil, you know, I think more importantly than this, we need to think about what do I need to put in my heart so that others will be influenced in the right way, right? Because we know that our words have a lot of power. We know that, that we have tremendous amount of influence and stuff for other people, right? Um, what we choose to say, you know, who we choose to say it to and, and all this kind of stuff, like there is power behind that, right? But it's also directly related to what's in our heart. And, and I don't want to focus all of this on like, hey, make sure that you're not doing bad things. Make sure you're not putting bad stuff in your heart. That's important. But at the same time, like we have power to affect people in a positive way. And I truly believe that is the way that God created us to be. So we need to focus on the right thing that we're putting in our heart. We need to focus on, hey, instead of me just like cutting out evil, right, I'm also going to put good into my heart, right? I, I think of the same thing like, I'm probably not the best person to talk about dieting because I've been skinny my whole life. But, um, but I think about that, you know, like sometimes just cutting things out isn't enough. You know, in order to be healthy, you also have to exercise, right? You also have to do positive things, right? You can't just stop eating potato chips and still sit on the couch forever. And, you know, you, you have to proactively be doing stuff, right? So if you want to make a lifestyle change, you get rid of the bad, you set goals, and you start working towards what you actually want to be, right? And in the same way with your heart, if you've got anything in your heart, I mean, first of all, that's the place to start. I encourage you, you know, ask the, if you think that your heart is totally fine and you've got nothing in there that's, that's bad or evil, ask the Holy Spirit to convict you because I'm sure that he's going to let you know if something, uh, maybe it's an attitude or maybe, you know, you've been looking at something the wrong way or maybe you've got some unforgiveness and you didn't realize it. Um, and, and, and that can be a very, very dangerous thing. Um, but we need to focus on those things. We, I, I really encourage you to, to pray about those things and, and, and let God expose your heart for what it is so that you can be a positive influence to people, so that he could take those things out, so that you no longer have to have, you know, a, a complete mix of, of dirty water and clean water. Like, you can just be clean, right? And then, on the other side of that, we should be putting positive things into our life. We should be allowing good things into our heart, you know, by obviously praying, but reading the scripture and, and, and putting the word of God in our heart so that we can be an influence to others so people will have that overflowing into their lives as well. Um, I, I like Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse 16 through 25, and, and it says this, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what sinful, sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting with each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. So by reading this according, you know, just what I'm seeing here, your sinful nature and the Holy Spirit 
or opposing forces. And simply by bringing the Holy Spirit to live in your heart, it pushes out the sinful nature. It says they cannot live together. It says they, they cannot be one. Like you can't, just in the same way, you can't sit on the fence and be neutral, right? You, you're either serving God or you're serving evil, right? You're either serving, you know, bowing down to God or bowing down to Satan. It's, there's no in-between, right? You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. There's no in-between there. And in the same way, this is saying that if we allow the Holy Spirit to guide our lives, if we live by the Spirit, we will no longer give the sinful nature, sim, our, our sinful nature what it desires. I think sometimes, I don't know, especially because I, I don't know, I think about everything I write according to teenagers because that's what I'm used to working with, right? But um, I think sometimes we focus so much on getting rid of the thing that we're struggling with that we don't focus on what sh- we should be replacing it with. You know, it's like, if you look at teenagers today, like the, the statistic for the amount of kids that are, you know, regularly looking at pornography is, is astounding. Like, it's crazy. And, you know, it, it makes sense because of all the things we see in this world. And the fact that if they have a smartphone that has access to the Internet, they're literally carrying around pornography in their pocket, right? They have the choice to look at it whenever. So I encourage all of you parents to get some type of thing where you can actually monitor their phones and see what they're doing. You can find apps that you can, like, see every text message they send, every website they go to. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. You can actually block. So, side note. But anyways, um, sometimes I see people, like, in that example, like, if somebody is constantly focused that they're looking at this pornography, they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I need to focus on this and get rid of it. Like, they're thinking, like, no more, no more all the time. But all the time they're facing this problem that they have. And and sometimes what we need to do is get to the point where instead of saying, like, oh, I have a problem with pornography. Oh, I have a problem with pornography. Oh, that's a problem. We need to turn around and look at God and say, God, I want more of you so that I don't focus on this anymore. Right? It's like we're walking backward. Like, we're trying to get towards God, but we're walking backwards looking at the problem the whole time. And what we really need to do is just turn around and fill ourselves with God so there's no room for those temptations anymore. There's no room for this desire in our life anymore because we fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling. Like sometimes, you know, we read a list of sins like this and we're thinking, Sexual immorality or impurity, lustful pleasures, those are big deals, right? But it's also listing like quarreling and jealousy and outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, right? Like these things are a big deal, right? It's not just the things that we consider like big sins, you know? Um, Dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. I think there's a couple things in Scripture like that where, you know, one, one verse, I can't remember exactly where it is. I should have looked it up. But one verse talks about, like, if, if you cannot forgive, oh, it's, uh, it's in Matthew where it talks about the Lord's Prayer. Right after the Lord's Prayer, I don't know what verse that is or what chapter, but <laughs> you can find it there. Um, it's saying that, that we need to forgive our own brothers because if we cannot forgive our own brothers, then our Heavenly Father cannot forgive us. And I'm like, wow, my salvation is dependent on forgiveness, right? Like my, me going to heaven, me being forgiven for my sins is, is, is completely dependent on forgiveness, right? And so if I'm choosing not to forgive somebody else, that's saying that 
you know, I, I'm not going to be forgiven myself. Like, that was another big thing. But even this here, you know, anyone living that sort of life, no matter what it is, um, if you're allowing yourself to be guided by your sinful nature, if you're following the desires of your sinful nature, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's very plain. It's not like up for interpretation. That's what it says. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this, this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. I love that illustration. You know, I mean, like, Jesus died for our sin, and when we choose to live by the Spirit, we're literally taking our sin and nailing them to his cross and crucifying our sins on that cross. Like, I love the illustration of that because it's so proactive on your part, right? Like, I have this sin that I'm dealing with, and I'm going to choose to nail it to the cross and crucify it so that I no longer have to live like this anymore. Um, since we are living by the Spirit, let us not follow the Spirit's, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoked or, or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So this goes back to the idea that there's a direct relationship with what's in our heart, the words that we say, and the things that, the, the way people around us are influenced, right? Are influenced to other people. So when we have the Holy Spirit full inside of our heart, the Holy Spirit is going to be overflowing out of the words that we say. It's going to be produced out of our lives, right? And people are going to be influenced in a positive way. People are going to know who Jesus is because you have Jesus living inside of you. Like, that is the coolest thing that, that, that I think that we have as Christians is the fact that when Jesus is living inside of us, because he is taking occupancy in our heart, he is what's overflowing out of our life. He is what is influencing other people around us. And other people who are lost in darkness are able to see who Jesus is because you're making the choice to live by the Spirit. Like, that's, that's what it's all about right there, right? Because we're not, this isn't just like, oh, I'm just watching after myself here. Like, I'm just, I mean, get into heaven, you know, whatever it is. Like, like our, our job as Christians, like the fact that the grace that God gives us and, and the way he created us was to be lights for other people to see him right? We're supposed to be an example of the grace that God has so that other people can experience that grace as well. I truly think like, man, if you feel like you're not close to God, if you feel like you are, you know, far away from him, or you feel like you're just like not at the point you want to be in your relationship with Jesus, go tell somebody about Jesus because it'll completely change that because that's what we were created to do. Fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit and let it overflow and influence the people around you so that they can experience Jesus too. There's so much power with that. When we have the right thing in our heart and combine that with the power of the tongue, the power of the words that we say, the way that God created us, we're going to see amazing things happen. We're going to see miracles happen. We're going to see crazy stuff. It's, it's amazing. We always have to be cautious that the tongue is powerful and can really hurt somebody. We need to be careful of that. But God did not create us for that. He did not create the tongue to have power to, to be used for evil. He created us in his nature to speak life into his world. And this is all driven by letting the Holy Spirit dwell in our hearts so that the overflow of our heart is what God wants it to be. So that out of the overflow of our heart, people are healed. So that out of the overflow of our heart, prophecies are spoken so that out of the overflow of our heart 
new life is given. Words of knowledge are spoken. You know, people's lives are changed forever, you know, because you prayed for them. And without saying anything to you, you prayed for exactly what they needed. Like, I cannot tell you how many times that God uses me in that way. I can't tell you how many times I've been praying for somebody and all of a sudden I'm like, man, I should pray for this. And I start praying for that. And next thing you know, they're like crying and everything. And, I, and then I talk to them afterwards and they're like, that is exactly what I'm going through right now. Like, I cannot count the amount of times that that has happened. There is power in your words. There's power in your words. And, and when you back that with the fact that you filled your heart up with the Holy Spirit and Jesus is living inside of you, which that's where that power comes from, right? Like, your tongue by itself has power for life and death. But when you've got the Holy Spirit living inside of you and that's overflowing out of your mouth and, and the words that you're speaking, man, there's power there. We shouldn't be ashamed to pray for somebody and, and see them be healed. We shouldn't be surprised by that. I mean, like, every time that happens to me, I'm always surprised, right? But that's, that's what God created us for, right? Like, when we truly live by the Spirit, when we allow the Holy Spirit to guide our lives, when we allow him to speak to us, there's power behind the overflow of our heart. There's power behind that. Like I said at the beginning, there's, there's no coincidence that, that God spoke things into existence, that he, you know, simply spoke and there was light. He simply spoke and, like, he didn't, you know, do it in a different way. He didn't, like, he could have just thought it. He could have just done it without even saying anything at all, but he spoke it into existence. And, and there's so many places in Scripture where, where God is speaking promises over us. He's speaking life to us. He's speaking, uh, you know, words of, of knowledge, all these different things, like, over us. There's power in words. And we have to be willing to speak those words when they come to us. We have to be willing to, when, when we've gotten to the right place where we say, God, I feel like I've, you know, I, I've, I've taken care of, God, I've given my heart to you. I've letting you take care of all the, the evil that's in there, the, the inherent things uh, that are in there that, that are my own desires, my sinful nature. God, I, I have given it to you so that um, you can take care of it. I've taken that to the cross and nailed it to the cross and sacrificed it on your cross so that I can be filled with you. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the overflow of our life pours on an, uh, onto other people, and, and we see amazing things happen. I know, like, obviously you guys don't really come to youth group, except Landon over there. Hey, Landon. Um, but there's been some amazing stuff happening in the youth group. I'm going to share a few things with you, because um, I know that you guys don't get to see very much, and I don't really, like, get to tell you about stuff that's happening, but, um, but this last year has been incredible. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit has been moving in, in ways that I haven't seen uh, in maybe ever, you know, I'm not really sure, but, um, you know, we've had some amazing, like, God-sized things happen in the youth group this last year, and, and it all was dependent on this. Uh, we focused on the power of the Holy Spirit, and, and we chose to use the power of the tongue that God created for us, right? We chose to speak things, right? Because I think there's a lot of times that, that the Holy Spirit prompts us or, or whatever, and, and we don't necessarily take that next step. We don't take that step of faith that it takes to say, wow, this sounds really weird. I don't think I'm going to say that because I don't want to look like a weirdo, you know? Like, legitimately, I think that a lot. Um, but, um, so, a, a few things, like, uh, first of all, men's retreat last year was amazing. Um, it, there was a lot of people at men's retreat that uh, received words of knowledge or, or received words from God from other men in the room. Like, literally, it was just like, hey, let's spend two minutes, and I want you to think about what God has to say to this person next to you. Um, and, and, I would say over half the room 
legitimately heard something from God at that moment. And uh, on the way home from men's retreat, uh, one of our youth leaders was in the in, in my Jeep, and we were driving back, and uh, he just started to share about how um, every time he works out, because I don't know how we got to this topic. It was probably the Lord, but um, he started to talk about how his knees hurt every time he did anything, like a squat, or you know, he couldn't work do workouts with his legs very much because his knees were hurt so bad. He had to wear knee brace and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, I'm like, first of all, I asked him, do they hurt right now? Because I wanted to know, like, if I pray for them, I want to know, like, if it actually gets better. But, um, but he's like, no, they only hurt, like, when I work out. I was like, okay, whatever. So I just like, I'm going to pray for your knees. So I prayed for his knees, and uh, I didn't hear anything. He's like, oh, yeah, he didn't, like, feel any, like, crazy stuff or whatever. But he called me, like, two days later, and he was like, man, I got to tell you, I've been doing squats, and I've been doing all this workout and stuff like that, and I have absolutely no pain in my knees at all. He's like crazy. He's like, I'm doing, I'm doing lunges right now, and I don't have any pain. Like, he was so excited about it. And I'm like, no way. That's crazy, you know? Um, because to be honest with you, before I moved here, um, I, I don't know if I had ever prayed for somebody and saw them be healed physically. And now I'm thinking maybe that wasn't actually the case, but I always thought like, oh, no, that's like somebody else has that, that gift, right? Somebody else has that, that ability to be able to pray for people and see them be healed. That's just not me, I guess, you know? But um, this happened, and so I'm like, wow, you know, that's really crazy. That's, that's legitimate. That's not even, you know, we're not even playing around with that, you know? Um, so at, at youth camp, uh, one of our students uh, had a, uh, her back was killing her all the time, and she went to a chiropractor, and that didn't work, and all this stuff. And, um, and so um, there was this other youth pastor there that did a teaching on uh, healing and uh, the power of the Holy Spirit and all this kind of stuff, and so she was trying to wait to pray with him. He was praying with somebody else, and, um, and then, um, <clears throat> and admittedly, I was actually, I said, oh, we should get Zach to pray for you, because I was thinking, oh, Zach can do that, you know, <clears throat> he has that, right, uh, but then, uh, and then the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what, I should just pray, I should just use the, the power that God gave me, I should just speak life, you know, and, and I prayed for her, and she's like, wow, my back feels so much better, and like, she was, I'm like, you're not kidding with me, right, you're not just playing around, making me feel better, because I always wonder that, I'm like, what if this person just doesn't want me praying for them, and they're just saying, oh, yeah, I feel so much better just because they want me to go away, um, you know, and I always tell them, like, please don't feel bad if it didn't get healed, like, I'm not concerned about that, right, we'll pray again, or I'll keep praying for you, you know, but, um, but legitimately, she's like, no, it, it really does feel a lot better, and, and I'm like, oh, this is crazy, and, and there were other stories that happened where it wasn't just, like, me praying for people, our students were praying for each other, and they were seeing things happen, right, and um, we had a uh, we had the Holy Spirit show up more uh, at our fall retreat than we have at any other event. And uh, our fall retreat was in September. And, uh, and I'm telling you, it was amazing. And I, I, I truly feel like this whole past year, um, God has been preparing our students for something big. And I feel like at fall retreat, it's like he just poured out his spirit on our students. And, uh, and it was just incredible. And, and all of this comes with allowing God to work in your heart and be inside of you, right? having Jesus and the Holy Spirit dwell in your heart, and out of that overflow, we choose to speak what it is that God is doing in us, right? What it is that God's speaking to us. Um, and so um, there's a lot of things that happen. We had several students that were uh, healed from things like anxiety and depression. Um, uh, you know, somebody shared that they had been dealing with anxiety over something that happened in their life many years ago, and they said, I can't ever stop thinking about it. I'm thinking about it all the time. And I feel like after you prayed for me, that's the only time I've ever had true peace over this. Like, like amazing stuff, right? And then we had, uh, uh, there was this line of students, we were praying for them all, 
they were standing there, and, and uh, as I came down, I came to this one person, and we were supposed to be, because they lined up, because we asked, is there anybody dealing with anxiety, right? And so uh, probably five or six students get up in a line or whatever, and as we're going down the line, I'm praying for this anxiety for each of these people, right? And I get to this one person, and just like I said before, I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to pray for anxiety, and I just started to pray that, that she would feel what it means to be loved, and, and all this stuff, and like, she just like broke down and started crying, and I talked to her later. I'm like, do you feel like you don't get love like you should? Do you feel like nobody actually loves you? And, uh, and she was like, yes. And, and I was like, because that's not true. And I, I was able to speak encouraging words to her and, and explain to her that, that man, everybody here, and like, we all love you. God loves you so much. And, and uh, he's going to use us to show that love to you and all this stuff. And, and that never would have happened if I wouldn't have filled myself with the Holy Spirit and, and been focused on God and chose to speak that, right? Because I can just go on praying like, oh, I'm supposed to be praying for uh, anxiety right now because that's why they came up here. But instead, I chose to risk it and, and, and pray for her to experience love. And, and like literally, like that's the kind of thing that changes your life. That's the kind of thing that says, I remember when I was here and, and I was feeling this and, and I prayed for love and, or, or, you know, I felt like I needed this. And then all of a sudden this person started praying for love over me, right? Like those are the kind of moments that, that as a teenager, as a, a student, you remember that that changes your life forever. There's power in the words that you speak. There's power in your tongue. Another student, um, and fair warning, I might get emotional about this because it just happens, right? I'm good right now, but I guarantee you when I start talking about it. So, um, <laughs> see, I told you. We had a student, we, we were just spending some time in prayer at the end of a service. And uh, I really felt strongly that I was supposed to get up and say something. Uh, and at the same time, like the speaker that we had, um, who was actually the guy that did the healing class at youth camp, he came in and, and spoke for us. But um, we both felt like we were supposed to say something at the same time. So I was like, I just let him go or whatever. And, I, and, then, uh, and so he got done saying what he needed to say or whatever. And then I still was feeling very strongly I needed to say something. So I went up there and I said, somebody in here, you feel like God never has anything to say to you. Which is like, you know, I, I get that. I've been there before. You know, I'm sure maybe some of you in this room, you feel like God never has anything to say to you. And so this is what I did, like, because I'm trying to teach the students how to speak words of life, to, to be able to listen to the Holy Spirit and speak. And so I said, okay, guys, what we're going to do, okay, so first of all, I said, somebody in here, you feel like God never has anything to say to you, and you want to hear from God. And I said, who is it? And everyone's just looking around, right, because nobody wants to be that person, right? And, and one of the students raises their hand, and... Um, and they're like, that's me. And so I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend the next two minutes, okay? I'm going to just put a timer on my phone. And I want all of you to listen and see if the Holy Spirit is going to give you a word for the student, right? And, um, and so while we were waiting, uh, one of the students already went up to that person. And I felt like there was more students or whatever. And I was going to have them come up to the microphone and share it so that everyone can hear this encouraging word. But, uh, but I was just like, okay, maybe we won't do it like that. And so I said, okay. Two minutes is up, and, and, and I told him, I was like, guys, I don't want you to just go over because you feel bad for that person, or I don't want you to go over and just say something because you want to say something nice to them or, or whatever. I only want you to go over there if you legitimately feel like God has given something for you, the Holy Spirit has given something for you to say to this person. And, um, as soon as, and, and I said, I just want you to get up and get in line so that you can share what you need to share. And like 14 students got up and got in line and one after another just continually spoke these words from God to the student who felt like God never had anything to say to them, who felt like God never 
you know, it wasn't like he had a bad relationship with God or anything like that, but he just felt like God never had anything to say to him. And then he gets 14 kids who line up in a row to speak one after another. This is what God is telling me to tell you. And this is specifically for you. It's crazy. And then so I asked him afterwards, I was like, so, you know, what was that like? Did, did that seem right? Did that seem like it was from the Holy Spirit? And he said, just before you said that, I had been praying and I said, God, if you really love me, or I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he, he legitimately said, I want you to send somebody over to me that has a word from you for me. And that's when I got up and said that, and that's when all the students got in line. So, like, do you see how things are orchestrated like that? Like, I did not know that he was praying for that. I had to trust that the Holy Spirit was speaking that to me, and I had to just get out and say it. I had to just get out and, and, and trust that it would happen. And, and if, if nobody raised their hand, I would have been like, okay, you know, maybe that they're just feeling bad about it, or maybe it wasn't from God, but that's okay, because the important thing is I'm listening for the Holy Spirit to speak these, with power out of this heart that I have for these students, out of this heart that, that is filled with the Holy Spirit. We had more, you know, um, we have a lot more stories that happen at Fall Retreat. Um, and they're all kind of along those same lines, but, you know, um, another person uh, another one of our leaders had, had back pain, and, and, and uh, she was healed of her back pain at Fall Retreat. And uh, one of the students that came that doesn't come to our youth group very often, um, the, the other person was praying for them, and, and uh, he said that he had flat feet, and it hurt his feet a lot and, uh, and everything. And, and while uh, the other pastor was praying for this student, he said like he felt like this weird feeling in his feet. He was like, and it was funny watching it because um, Zach was praying for him, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Whoa!" and he starts like stepping around like all weird, and like he's like, "Man, my feet feel so much better now." Like legitimate stuff was happening. It, it's amazing um, what God can do through you is way more than what you think is possible. And honestly, it's not even up to us to decide what's possible. It's up to us to choose to to speak. It's up to us to choose to use the power of the tongue. We have to step up and speak the things that God is speaking to us. Just another thing, just last week in the youth group, um, we were getting to the end of our youth service, and uh, I just gave him some time to, to process and pray. I had worship music play, pr- playing, and I was like, okay, just take five minutes to process you know, what, what I talked about and see if there's anything that needs to happen. And, and God told me something that wasn't even related to, to what I was talking about that night, which... I don't know, maybe I missed what I was supposed to talk about, but um, I was sitting over here, and I was praying, and, and the Lord told me, there's somebody in this room that is going through something pretty heavy, and they need the whole youth group to pray for them, and I'm like, well, how do I get up there and say that? You know, how do I, you know, what does that mean, the whole youth group needs to pray for them? What do you, like, and, and I do this a lot, and, and I think sometimes, you know, we all face this. We're like, I want more details so I can know what's supposed to happen. Or God, you know, like explain this a little bit more to me because I'm not sure I understand what's going on. But that's not up to us to know, right? It's not necessary. All we need to do is step up and speak out. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it, you know. And so I get up and, you know, I, I have confidence because I've seen God do all this other stuff. But at the same time, I'm reluctant because I'm human, right? I have a simple nature, you know, that I'm trying to battle that's fighting with the Holy Spirit that they can't live in the same place just like we saw in Galatians. And, and so... You know, I get up and I say, okay, I'm not really sure how to say this, but somebody in here, you're going through something, and I feel like the whole youth group needs to pray for you. Uh, if that makes sense to you, 
you know, let me know, you know, who is it, whatever. And, um, and so nobody was like raising their hands or anything. And, and all of a sudden, one of the students, they stood up. And I was like, wow, well, that's cool, you know. And I said, okay, well, I feel like everyone's supposed to pray with you. And, and it, I didn't have an idea of like what it was that they were going through or anything. But um, I asked them, I said, do you want to share with everyone so that they know what to pray for? I said, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm, it's up to, it's your own choice or whatever. And they shared what they were going through and um, they were struggling with pornography. And they said, I, I'm really like dealing with this and, and I don't want this anymore. And they, they were sharing their heart behind it and everything. And, and it was so sincere and it was so real. And, and the fact that like, I know that God didn't create me for this, you know? And, and so everybody in the youth group literally just got around him and started praying for him. And, uh, and that moment would have never happened if I hadn't listened to the Holy Spirit and said, God, y- you, know, or, you know, I wasn't even praying for it to happen, you know. It was just all of a sudden it came into my mind, like this is what you're supposed to do right now. And, and there have been other times where I felt very strongly about it. There have been other times where it's like, I, I need to do this right now. I need to go say it. That time when the student had all the, the 14 kids line up, that time I was like, this needs to happen. Like I, I'm confident in this because of the feeling I have inside of me. But like this time when it happened, I was like, I don't even feel anything right now, but I feel like I'm supposed to. And, and so, but either way, either way, I had to choose to step out and speak. I had to choose to step out and do that. And, and here's the cool thing. It's like, nothing is, is more exciting for me than to see students doing this for each other. To see that this isn't just like up to the pastor to do this, right? It's a part of the church. It's part of being a Christian. It has nothing to do with being in leadership. It has nothing to do with being anointed or not. Like, you know, if you know the Holy Spirit, if you, you know, live for God, if you've got God in your heart, um, this can happen to you. You know, this, God can use you in this way. And I'm telling you, like, there have been so many times where I've given them time to think, like, we're going to listen for the Holy Spirit and see what he does. And then I say, okay, whatever the Holy Spirit asks you to do, I want you to go do it. And I see, like, you know, half the youth group stand up and go find somebody else that they feel like they're supposed to pray for, and they're supposed to give an encouraging word to them. And, like, so many times, like, uh, like words of, uh, I, I don't know if I, they would be considered prophecy. It doesn't really matter what it is, encouraging words from the Lord, right? Um, so many times, like, students have been like, oh, yeah, I was, I was going through this, and they didn't even know it, and they came over and told me this. And, and it totally rocked my world, right? Um, and, and the thing is, is like, they're choosing to do that. They're stepping out in faith because sometimes it's not always easy. One time I was t- God told me to tell somebody to open their eyes. I'm like, I'm sure their eyes are going to be open when I tell them that. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me, right? And I'm like, hey, I feel like God's supposed to telling me to tell you that you need to open your eyes. And for that person, they were like, wow, that's huge. And then he, they explained to me, you know, the reasoning behind why that was big why that meant so much to them. I'm like, wow, God is cool. Wow, that's amazing, you know? Like, that's so cool that, that, like, I didn't even know that at all. And I feel a lot better now because I felt like a weirdo coming over here and telling you to open your eyes when you were looking at me, you know? Um, Just all of this together, I want you to know that I want to encourage you to speak. I want to encourage you to use your words to see God do amazing stuff. Because this isn't just something that's going to happen in the youth group. This isn't just something that, you know, God is choosing to do in select few or anything like that. God, God is able to use all of us. God is able to speak to other people through all of us. And it sounds weird sometimes. It sounds like, 
I don't understand that at all, but I don't think that's, a, I mean, maybe he does that so that it requires faith. Maybe he does that because he wants us to, to be blown away when something actually happens. I don't understand the reasoning behind it. But there is power in the words that we have. And yes, we need to make sure that we're not choosing them to cut people down. We need to make sure we're not choosing them to, to start fires and, and follow the sinful natures of our heart, just like that scripture said before. But if our tongue has power, and if our tongue has as much power as the scriptures say, right, like turning an entire boat with a tiny rudder, right, if it has that much power, why not use that power to tell people about Jesus? Why not use that power to see somebody's life changed forever? Sometimes, like, I used to be so scared of witnessing to people when I was a kid. We went on this mission trip, and they're like, okay, now we're going to go over to this place, and we're just going to tell people about Jesus. And I was like, what? I was, like, so terrified because I thought that I had to sit there and theologically explain why you need to believe in Jesus. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. You know, they're like, they're like okay, here's a bunch of people. Just go out and start telling them about Jesus. I'm like, that's weird. You know, like, maybe there's a place for that, and there probably is, you know, but, but I feel like witnessing to people should not be arguing them into salvation. It should not be like, oh, no, I'm right because this says this here, and the Bible says this here, and all that stuff. Like, all that stuff, you might be speaking truth, but how much more would somebody believe if God gave you a word for them and you spoke that to them? How much more would somebody believe in Jesus if you were able to pray for them and see them be healed from something that they've been dealing with for a long time, when people truly experience the power of Jesus, that's where the realness comes in with it. That's where the excitement comes in with it. You know, like you want to tell somebody something you're excited about. It's just the way it is, right? So why aren't people excited to tell people about Jesus enough? I really think it's because we're not seeing the power of, of what God has for us. I think it's because we're not paying attention or, or, you know, like we're not understanding the fact that we have that power to, to speak life, to see miracles happen, to, to have words of knowledge, to have, you know, all this stuff. Because when you see God do crazy stuff like that, you're like, yes, Jesus, let's go. You know, let's, let's tell people about Jesus. You're like, oh, you've got a problem in your life. Well, let me tell you about Jesus. You know, let me pray for that. You know, you know you're suffering with this and you don't know the Lord. Well, let me show you. How much more does somebody believe in Jesus when they actually get to see the power that's behind it? And that's something that we all have the ability to do. We all have the power to do that. One time I was driving down Powers, and there was a car coming the other way. You know, there's that gap, there's that median there. I was going south on Powers, and all of a sudden this truck is driving, and, like, the wheel just falls off. Like, it's like, it didn't just, like, fall off. Like, he's going, like, 55 miles an hour, and the wheel just, like, separates from his car and it's rolling down and it's going across the street heading towards me and I'm like uh-oh you know it was crazy and there's a car in front of me over here and it bounced off of the median and hit that car right at the uh the pillar you know where the windshield the corner of the windshield is right there um, the people were fine nobody got hurt their car got hurt but uh it hit the windshield and that tire went straight up in the air and like disappeared like I had no idea where it went and, like, I was, like, ducking. I'm, like, I don't know if that's going to help. But I'm, like, trying to find where the tire is going to land because I'm afraid it's going to land on me, you know. And, uh, and it lands on the other side of the road or something like that later. And I'm, like, that was crazy, right? I, and the first thing I did was I called Liz and I told her, hey, you never believe what just happened, right? And in that same way, when we see crazy stuff happen, when God does stuff, we're, like, I got to tell somebody about this. 
I got to tell somebody, right? And again, we're using our words to spread the gospel. We're using our words which have power to encourage people to, to spread the light in this darkness that we live in. It's an incredible thing. When we can take care of ourselves, when we can take care of what's in our heart, there's a direct relationship between the things that we're putting in our heart, the words that we speak, and the way people are influenced around us. And so that's my encouragement to you, is to check what's in your heart. Make sure that there's nothing in there that doesn't need to be in there, because that will overflow out. You can't hide it. So you might as well let God deal with it. And then fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. Just like it says in Galatians. You know, there's no room for your sinful nature when the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, right? And let that be the overflow of your heart that speaks out and that rushes over and that touches people and changes them forever. Because you were created with power. You were created to have power. So let me pray for you and then uh, we can be dismissed. God, I thank you so much for uh, everyone here, God, I thank you for the wonderful blessings that you have given um, me, have given us, God. I thank you for showing up in a way. I thank you for being the type of God that cares about us enough to, to actually be in our lives, Lord. And I pray that you would just let us all completely walk straight into the power that you created us for. God, I pray that you would fill us all with your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that even tonight, maybe even during this message, somebody had a message for somebody else and they need to share that. Maybe during this message, somebody was hearing from you and they need to choose to speak out whatever that was, God. And I pray that you give them the courage to do that. Lord, and I pray that whatever situations we might find ourselves in this next week, God, that we would be open uh, to hearing from you and that we would choose to speak out. I pray this all in your name. Amen. Cool. All right. Thank you guys for letting me speak and share my heart with you. Uh, we'll see you next week.